I'd like to remind you that today's show is brought to you by AK-47 MMA. Check them out. Go to ak-47mma.com. It is the Bay Area's only brick-and-mortar fight shop. They have a strong online store with everything you need to get started. If you're a fighter, you like Muay Thai, you like karate, you like to box, you like jiu-jitsu, you like MMA, everything you need. We're talking jiu-jitsu gear, fight apparel, training gear, accessories, you name it. They have it. They got really great half sizes with their jiu-jitsu belts, boxing gloves, everything you need to get your gym started. And for Inside BJJ listeners, use the discount code InsideBJJ during checkout and save a whopping 15%. Check them out. Go to ak-47mma.com. CVPrint.net for all your printing needs, postcards, envelopes, labels, stickers, calendars, storefront windows, t-shirts, door hangers, basically all forms of propaganda and paraphernalia. Go to CVPrint.net. Tell them Big MF sent you. Hey, this is Tim. I wanted to thank you for listening to today's show. I wanted to remind you that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Leave us a rating and a review. Helps us out a lot. Tell your friends that you train with about the show. You can also get the app. Go to your favorite app store for your Apple, Android, or Windows mobile device and search for Inside BJJ Podcast. It gives you all of our awesome, amazing shows delivered fresh and hot to your phone every day when you're ready to listen. You can also get a premium subscription by going to InsideBJJ.com slash premium. It's $1.99 a month. You get access to our full back catalog, every program we've ever done, and our premium-only shows. And it also helps us keep the lights on at Inside BJJ. Get yourself a shirt. Go to InsideBJJ.com slash donate. It's 30 bucks. It includes the shipping, and you get a nice, fresh T-shirt designed by the one and only Edwin Frias. He's a great friend of the program, and it's an awesome, amazing shirt. You can also help us out a lot by using our Amazon click-through banner. Go to InsideBJJ.com. On your way to Amazon, click on the banner. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. I've had a lot of people. Joe Rogan was like uh, Nick Diaz back in the day. What I mean is like he was the guy that everybody said that they knew even when they didn't, you know? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I had a lot of people say, oh, I'll hook, I could hook you up with Joe Rogan. And then when it came right down to getting hooked up with Joe Rogan, they never could produce a contact or in anything real. You know what I mean? Oh, let, let, let me get his number. I got to find it. It's like if you had Joe Rogan's number, it would be like in your favorites on your phone. You would have that number. You know what I mean? Who's is it? I don't know. You all UFC people and you put Dana and Joe Rogan and John Jones and Conor McGregor. How famous is Joe Rogan? He's got to be the top five. Oh, he might. He um, could he be number one? I don't know. Uh, Conor's. Maybe internationally more known. You know what I mean? Who are you going to recognize first? McGregor, Dana, and Joe Rogan are standing all together somewhere in the middle of Memphis, Tennessee, let's say. Dana. You think Dana first? He's got a big white head, dude. So does Joe Rogan. Yeah, but Dana looks like an egg. He looks like Dr. Evil. Or Connor. I don't know, man. Joe's pretty famous. He's got comedy. He's he, Yeah, podcast. he's pretty famous. In the U.S., he's he's... He's probably I don't know what his pool is internationally. I I would think Connor might be have a might have a bigger international fan base just because he's. He did Drew over what was it that huge draw with uh with um Mayweather. So Rogan, what may he might maybe the three most famous UFC figures are. I don't know in what order, but McGregor, Dana, Rogan, McCarthy, Buffer. 
Um, Aren't those guys more famous than the fighters? A lot most of, than most of the fighters. Isn't like Bruce Buffer is probably more famous and more recognized than Tyrone Woodley. Yeah. Yeah, you might be right about that. I think Joe Rogan is too. Like I think Woodley looked phenomenal last night. Phenomenal. He made Darren Till look like he didn't even belong in the same cage with him. Very impressive. I was I I, I was impressed with Woodley. Um but maybe Darren Till's not as amazing as we thought he was. Is that it? Well, he whips Wonder Boy. I think Darren Till actually. Oh, I thought going in, <coughs> Till wasn't as made, wasn't as good as they said he was. I I um tall, lanky, good, young, but um clearly wasn't ready. Well, I thought in the early part of that fight, um, Till looked like he was dangerous, a lot more dangerous, and there was a point where um. It looked like Till was kind of backing Woodley up, and it looked like, man, Till might be able to rattle off some punches here, but Woodley did a real nice job of pushing him up against the fence. The thing that I noticed was um, Big Buff, the referee, I can't remember his name, Mergliata, uh-huh. he was pulling him off the fence. and Quickly, it, which was you, to Till's favor, you would think. You know why he was doing that? Because Woodley's a motherfucking fence grabber, and he took that out of the match. He wasn't going to let Till press him up against the fence and try to pull him down Woodley. or Woodley and end up grabbing the cage or some bullshit. He moved him off the cage. That was brilliant. I thought that was a really good idea to mitigate Woodley's fence grabbing. Woodley didn't really even need to grab the fence. That's how good of a night he had last night. It was he um you know the other thing is um Till doesn't really have didn't didn't produce any sort of jujitsu skills in that fight. You know yeah, I thought that they could have stopped that fight sooner too. Actually, when when Woodley was dropping elbows, like nobody would have. Complained. They could have, sure, they did it. Um, they stopped the girl fights quicker than that. Well, they're biased. Ask Brooke Mayo. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I I think his jujitsu, he really didn't. I mean, of course he got drilled, but he didn't have much offense off of his back, and he's a guy with long. He's got long legs and he's lengthy. He didn't really produce any sort of threat or even much defense, really. Yeah. From that position. Yeah. Um. And then he got, you know, he got Anaconda. And it wasn't like he didn't produce much. Were you surprised that he got an Anaconda choke or that, that Darce? That Darce, I should, I'm, I'm, he's yeah. Darce people before. He has a. No, Darce. I'm not surprised. No. Um. I was a little surprised he went he for got a it. long, skinny neck. I was surprised he went for it though. Like, I mean, I'm not surprised he got it. I was a little surprised that he went for it. it he looked good, though, man. I don't know. Uh, Colby Covington, is, is he next in line? Who's who's next yeah, in line? Yeah, Colby Col- Covington. Is, Isn't this I think even... Woodley, Woodley probably would rather get, like, a Diaz, like a like a, um, like a, a Nate Diaz or something like that, you know? I Or, I mean, Nick Diaz. He wants big money fights, you know? Um, but I don't – I think – Probably the in the top ten, Covington's probably the biggest money fight, anyways. Besides, besides someone like Diaz coming back, I didn't like that picture. Let's take another one. There we go. I think. Um, I think that uh, Covington is the biggest money fight. 
unless you bring in something big like uh, Nick Diaz. Diaz commented about this fight, too. Oh, did he? He almost said this was an easy fight for Woodley. Yeah, I don't know if... Uh, I I don't think it's fair to jump Covington at this point. I think you've got to give him a chance. Well, yeah, that's the that's the guy that's in line. I mean, no, who's in line at 170 more than Covington? But I think if... But listen, if Nick Diaz comes back, he gets he probably gets the fight. Yeah, he probably does. Who else is he? Who, I mean, he, it's got to be a big fight. Who do you... I think um, Woodley is quarter like D.C., he wants to fight. He's going to give him the most money. He's, you know, he's 37 years old. He doesn't have time to, like, oh, I'm going to fight only in the guys that are in the. I'm only going to fight uh, contenders, guys who have <laughs> earned their way up. You know, this is, price, this is price fighting. He makes his money off of getting paid. You know, that's, that's the only way. I, think. I get I it. Just, I just think Covington deserves a fight. This just shorted out. Headphones. Your headphones? You're fucking, you're a brute, dude. Well, you know, muscling things up does work sometimes. Breaks, you know, you break stuff that way. You, um, you, uh, broke the headphones the very first time you put them on your head. Remember that? <laughs> and then you said these are junk. Hey, speaking of muscling up, um, you know, professional wrestling, training professional wrestling, it helped, um, it helped my jujitsu. Did it? Tell you. Yeah, it really did. Tell me how. In professional wrestling, your first move is hard, like, you... You collapse hard and stiff, wham, and then you go super loose. Super, 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 super loose. Mm -hmm. So it helped me go loose in jujitsu. Like, you know, some guys are just loose. Yeah. They they, they go stiff when they need to, but they waste way less energy by being loose. You feel like you're wasting less energy now? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I could could be loose if I wanted to. Yeah. That's interesting. I could see that, how that could help you. I could see how you could be overly stiff in jujitsu. Somebody could be no. I just mean in general, somebody could be like overly tight, like not knowing, yeah, where it's okay to relax, yeah. Because you got to kind of save that energy, right? Well, guys hated me in wrestling and pro wrestling because um, when I thought I was being loose, I was uh, still being stiff on these guys. Yeah. So like you know, I, they were like, "Be loose," and I'm like, "I am." Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm loose. I couldn't dude. get it, and then and then and then Phil was like. When I started training pro wrestling with Phil Baroni, he was like, it's because you really did. He goes, so these guys didn't really do this. He, he, he kind of, the first guy that told me that got into my head, you're way too stiff uh-huh. was Phil. Uh-huh. Because he's like, he explained it like this. These guys, they didn't really fight. They, so when you think that you're being easy, and you are, but they didn't fight. So they don't know the level of, of fighting. They didn't really train. Right. You got to bring it way back. Yeah. And then I finally got it how literally you grab somebody and you're not even grabbing them. Yeah. And it looks like you're grabbing them and you're putting zero, like your facial, your facial expression is selling like you're really squeezing, but you're literally just barely touching them. Interesting. It's kind of, it's like kind of fucking hard to do. It's theater, man. Right. It's, it's kind of hard to do because you feel like people could tell you're not really. When I grab somebody, if I grab them super loose, I feel like the people could see that I grabbed them loose. Yeah. If yeah. I, I, I really got to, like, you know. So the only time you stiffen up is when? I think, so. I, like, when you initially, like, go in for the lockup, you want to make it look like, bam, we really just grab yeah. each other, you know? Yeah. Then you kind of want to go loose. Yeah. I mean, for certain, you, you, I think, to, really in wrestling, I think you want to be loose a lot. Yeah. You want to go loose a lot. And, and, and um, I think that's where I've had the most trouble and you get hurt more when you're stiff yeah i could see that i think that's how i kind of got i hurt my 
lower back and pulled and it actually ended up pulling my growing yeah i went i think if i wouldn't have, if i would have went looser it's if i'd have been loose super 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 loose um i wouldn't have got hurt and then the other the other thing is um that's been really hard about pro wrestling like everything else i've i've got a lot of it down like a yeah. lot of the shit i've gotten down um but the hardest part for me is being able to go like get launched up in the air and then like basically come over your head Fuck. where you're, you're basically yeah. doing this, like a somersault in the air and land on your back and land on my back. That's the only, I, I haven't been able to do that. Yeah. That's the one thing that, that I've never, you don't trust it. You're like, fuck I bail, I bail on it a yeah. lot. <laughs> like you got to commit to it. And yeah. like, it's, it's, um, that's the hardest. I finally got to where I could flip bump. Yeah. To where, you know, for some guys it's easy. I don't know. What me, is a flip bump? It's like you basically, um, you jump and you just kind of flip in the air and you land on your back. Oh, okay. It's, 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 yeah, so it's a little bit more than a somersault. Right. Because you know, like you're not putting your hands on the mat. No, and, and then some guys, and you really, so I, the way that I finally could do it is like you come up off of one leg. It's almost like judo. Oh, I come up shame. off of one leg. I jump with two legs, but I kind of use mostly one leg, like my right or my left. Uh-huh. So if, I lose, if, he, if I lose my right, I'll jump. With my right leg, I'll tuck and I'll throw my left leg in the opposite direction. Oh, okay. And then, and then, and then I did. I did that enough times where I developed the confidence that I, even though my brain was still telling me not to, do you it, knew you could do it. I knew that I was if I I would if I threw my foot back like that, you're almost trying to kick yourself in the back of the head that yeah. you would flip. Oh, all the way I over. got you. Okay, yeah. You know what's crazy about it though, like. You know, I did, I did get hurt and I haven't been able to do it too. And I had that one match hurt and like, and I, I look for what pe- it was, it looked like a rough, it was a crazy match, but it was rough and crazy guys. So it didn't have to be crazy technical. Yeah. But I think, um, we sold it pretty good. Yeah. You were there. Which one again? The last one I did. Oh yeah. Um, that was a good match. I think that was a, a pretty. You took a beating that match. That's what I think. That's what made it good. Almost ran in the ring. But when it did, I, I, they beat me up pretty good, right? And they beat the shit out. Yeah. Of so didn't that make it put it over better that you got the shit beat out of you? Yeah. It looked real, right? It, well, yeah. Everyone wanted you to get the shit. Beat I know. Because <laughs> everybody was mad at you. You went in the ring. You popped off. You first. You first. You walked around all tough. All right. Puffed yeah. your chest out, yeah, yeah, yeah. got on the ring, and then at the first challenge from anybody, you turn into a total coward. You showed your cowardice, right? And that immediately that pissed people off yeah. they, because people don't like cowardice. And then you brought in Phil, yeah, and you like you got tough on his behalf, which yeah. really made people mad now because not only are you fucking. Like you showed cowardice and you, and you like got on the kids and you yelled at like people. Now you're like puffing this other guy up and you're like you got him the chair. When you got him the chair to step into the ring, dude, that was pretty funny. Because up until that point, nobody noticed there was no steps to get into the yeah, ring. Nobody yeah. had noticed that. Yeah, it was like like you you went ahead and you checked the place out and you made sure that you had to be prepared for Phil. Like. It was really funny, dude. That you know that match I thought was was pretty good. We went against um, Omega against uh, against Omega, and um, I mean those guys have been around. They've been wrestling for a while. They're a tag team. Yeah, um, they have like a, a three man crew, and um, and and they've been the tag team champions, you know, for a minute. Uh-huh. Um, they're pretty. They're, I think they're good performers. Like yeah, pretty good performers. So I and I, I go against them with Phil, and so I was hurt, and then um. 
uh, Christian Black was hurt too on the other side. Yeah, yeah. So we were both hurt, and uh, and I was a little nervous. I, I was hurt, and I hadn't trained for a while in pro wrestling. Uh-huh. So I knew I was rusty as fuck, okay. and I'm hurt. And these guys are known for being stiff, right? In the business, everyone t- everyone told me this is what I was told by everybody. In the like, you you realize that um in pro wrestling, everybody it, it's it man, there's so many gossipers. Like it's worse than anything you've ever imagined. Like everybody gossips and talks about everybody else. And I was told, you know, by everybody that oh, if you guys go in there against Omega, it's gonna turn into a shoot. Like those guys are stiff. Like, yeah. Like they're gonna crack you. And I'm like, really? And like, I was like, I don't know. I just, I just, I was like, really? They always, they didn't seem like it would be that way. But I was kind of nervous because they told me that. Yeah. And the dude Jay Paul is big. Like he's fucking big. Like he's a big fucking dude. And um, is that the guy that clotheslined you? No, he clotheslined me soft. Oh, big dude clotheslined me. Big dude. The little no. guy fucking the little missiled guy your took ass. My fucking head off. Dude. I think he was pissed. Yeah. This when this this is when this shit gets real. Like this is when it gets real. There's elements of this shit that's real. Yeah. Like you know, and, and I'm breaking kayfabe on everybody. Everybody everybody listens to this podcast. They're in on the joke, anyways. They're in on the secret. But this is what you don't get where it gets real. Um. So I think Jay Paul was getting pissed because me and Phil are taking liberties. For fucking sure you No, are. not Jay. Uh, no, Christian Black was getting pissed because me and Phil were taking liberties on Jay Paul. Uh-huh. He's a big dude, you know? And, um, and, 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 and they're a team, and, and, and they, and, and they want to keep, they want to keep their toughness, you know? And um, so, and I was hurt, and he was hurt, and we originally were going to do, like, you know, something just, re- we weren't going to really have a real match at first. You yeah. Know? Put on some sort of show, but it's not going to end up being it. And then he, and then um, Christian Black, he, he pulls me aside, and I'm nervous about it, because Phil is kind of, you know how Phil, he feels going back and forth on this whole event now, and. He's like, You're talking about Phil Barone. Yeah, he wants us to have a match. He really wants me to work. And I'm thinking, fuck, my back hurts. I don't want to work. I don't want to get... Wait, Phil Barone wanted you to do all the work He the wanted match. a real match. For you. Because he didn't do no, He wanted work. a real match. No, I know. That's, that's what he didn't do any fucking work <laughs> at all, man. That was the funny part. <laughs> no, he... um um. Yeah, he did a little bit, but when I was when I was getting blasted, he didn't. He looked. He turned his back, dude. My dad got so mad when he turned his back. He said, "I saw that. <laughs> that guy thinks he's slick. I saw what he did." So the match kind of got these things. They never go. You know, you have a game plan, but they never really go quite as planned. And when he came in, when it was time for um, uh, Christian for Christian Black to get in the ring, um, he was mad. He was really mad. And um, he he grabbed me and he really fucking clotheslined my throat. Like he literally, you know, how wrestlers yeah. grab their throat. So the other dude, you know, Jay um uh Jay Paul clotheslines me and it's just you know it's cool, it's soft, you know, yeah, it's soft. But then um Christian Black clotheslined me and you know how sometimes in wrestling they act like they they're acting like their throat hurts, so they just ate a clothesline. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My throat really hurt. He right. really hit me in the throat. Right, right, right. Nice. He drove me. You know how I almost flipped over. Yeah, I wasn't trying to almost flip over, <laughs> right? I'm doing the proper technique, and I'm taking a clothesline, but he really almost flipped me over. Yeah, yeah. And then he jumped on me. Uh-huh. And, it, it, and the shit, he jumped on me hard. It was bad. You took a beating, dude. I took the beating. But you sold it, and you had a good time, and everybody appreciated then, the effort. And then, this is what happened. Um, we got we to gotta call uh, Big Lon real quick, too. You got go ahead. Wait, wait, okay, go let's ahead. Switch, let's, okay, so brother, you're we, eating all the beans, brother. We um, 
there was put a knife to it. We're supposed to, we were supposed to have like a tiki, right? Double tiki. Hold the knife to your throat. So we're, so we're outside of the ring, and um, we get we both get counted out. And it, 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 it supposed to be a DQ, turned it ended up being a double count out. And then right when we get double counted out, I look at the ta- at the tag team titles, and they're under the corner, and I'm like, oh shit, I could just steal them right now. You ganked the tag and team title. And I ganked, I ganked the belts. Nice. That's awesome. And it wasn't received very well either <laughs> in, the, in the locker room. Controversial. I bet, I bet you're not super well liked by everybody. There's probably some guys no, that think you're a I, I was a li- Well, see, th- and then the, the same guy who didn't, like, um, he didn't tag me when I needed to be tagged, uh-huh. this, that same guy left uh-huh. early, right? So we steal the belts. Yeah. He leaves. And then I'm there. Their tag team titles have been stolen, and I'm by myself. You stole the tag team title. And I was there by How myself. How bad did you want to do that? Real bad. Would you rather steal the tag team title? I'd steal them. Or get closed or clothesline really Steal hard. the tag team title. Every time, right? Every time. Every time. Every steal time. Them. Every, Every time. fucking time. Always take the title. Take the cheater way. No matter what. Take the easy you way take out. take the fucking belt. Even you if you the lose the match, way, you take the belt. You get the title. It's all, the only it's, thing that matters is getting the belt. Is the title. That's it. Whether you win. Exactly. If you get the belt around your way. Yes. Like if you were a bad guy and you took Hulk Hogan's hey, belt. Yeah. Even if you didn't. Really Dude, beat him, but if you had right? a belt, you were still considered the champion. Fuck you, it's my belt. Come get it. And then you never show up. That's the way I... I so and I kind of feel like me and Phil are the tag team champions. You are the tag team champion. You got the belt, right? We walked... So this is what happened. We got to call Big Lon, though. We seriously All have right, to call Big Lon. I'm sorry. Hey, uh, we're going to come back real quick because uh, we got to call Big Lon and talk about high rollers. Okay, buddy. Yeah, it was great, dude. I, I had it live on Instagram. There were some people watching it. They're just watching. Okay, we'll go back to it. I'm going to go live when we talk to Lauren. I, I know. It's so fucking funny, dude. Can I call Big Lawn from your phone? Do you care? I get a lot of calls, but yeah. You do? Hold on. Um, who asked you that? This guy that has a weed magazine. Everyone's trying to get in touch with Joe Rogan now. Yeah. icons on the bottom of the screen to get to that shit. Get to what? Phone numbers. I do. Right. Where is it? Right there. Where? Okay, but look. Watch. Close this. Let me show you a trick. This? This? Can you take it down here? Oh. It'll stay here. Now it's always there, dude. Like the text. It seems to do all the time. Turn that shit out. I'm in training. Yeah. Should call him too. Wesley Smith is too. Yeah, we're actually still on the podcast right now.
Hello? Is it rain or nothing? Are you there? Hello? Yep. Oh, there you go. All right, man. My connection was jacked up for a minute there. Sorry about that. What's going on, man? How you doing this morning? Man, I was knocked the fuck out. Oh, were you? Oh, shit. Yeah, I was sleep like hell, man. <laughs> Damn, dude. I big old shit. What? Before you went to sleep, what did you smoke on? Uh, I was smoking on... Uh, but uh, a whole lot of chicken. That's like, is it good for sleep or like just everything? Is this your go-to party um, weed smoking? Uh, what did you say again? Is it good for is that? Like, is that good for like sleeping or is it just your your go-to shit right now? Uh, it was just what was you know what I mean? What was in front of me right now? <laughs> and then the dad, the dad was what really put my ass. Oh man, I, see, dude, I can't. That's the big leagues for me, bro. I, I like to smoke, but the dabs, I get fucked up when I fucked with that shit. I, I almost try to stay away from it. <laughs> yeah, shit. Dude, I feel like the dabs are taking it to a level that uh, maybe we're going to one day regret. Well, the heavyweights <laughs> can handle it. Yeah, I um, I love, I love weed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hey, we'd like to welcome uh, Big Lawn to the Inside BJJ podcast. Um, high Rollers 2, it's coming up today, man. Pardon me? Yeah, it is, man. I'm glad, I'm glad you called me in my house. <laughs> it's uh, coming up, man. High Rollers 2, the second one. Um, man, the first one was pretty awesome. Everybody loved it. There was a little bit of backlash. How did you kind of address that with the part of the crowd that was like, this is not good or, or whatever, you know? I didn't hear nobody say that. Well, the backlash uh, for me, like, I didn't give a shit long as, uh, long as uh, Master Henzo, Sean Williams, or, like, Warren Stout, or fucking Nick D, as long as they thought it was cool. You know what I'm saying? And it was cool with me. I didn't care about nobody else. Opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I, no disrespect to any other, like, black belts or anything, but I didn't get in it for them. Yeah, that makes sense. How how important is it for you to have guys like that endorse what you're doing? I mean, it's very important to me because those are the ones I look up to in the, um, you know what I mean, in the game. So, uh, for me to, you know what I mean, to do this, like, I was really worried, actually, uh, after the first one, that uh, Master Henson was going to be like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? I don't want to be associated with this being that. <laughs> that would suck. My, you know what I mean? My, my professor is directly linked down, so. Yeah. But it didn't work like that. Henson thought it was awesome. Uh, everybody said it was awesome, gave me their blessings, and, you know what I mean? I'm moving forward with it. Yeah, that's great because it's just really just pushing jujitsu. It's expanding jujitsu into you know other places and uh, different undergrounds and different markets, and more people get exposure to it. And, uh, and let's just be honest: a lot of people who do jujitsu smoke weed. Probably like a higher per a higher percentage do that even don't. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. It's definitely true. And then there's people who just want to smoke weed and watch other people. <laughs> hey, were there any any athletes on the card the first time around that were like, nah, man, they didn't want to smoke? Hell no. <laughs> Everybody wanted it. Everyone's like, fuck, give it up. <laughs> Yeah, hell yeah! What the hell are you signing up for? You know what I mean? You don't want to smoke. Yeah, no, I I feel you, man. So this is the uh, second high rollers. Uh, what has uh, the media buzz been like, man? Because I feel like the first one picked up quite a bit of attention, but I feel like this one I've seen all over the place. Yeah, I um, I definitely am like kind of with you on that one. I've been noticing this was kind of like everywhere. I'm like, oh shit, here we go again. Like, like, you know, the last one, I didn't think it was going to be at all, like, the way it was, and then it turned out to be a fucking big hit. Um, sorry, guys, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to just that up. Um, <laughs> it's all good. You're you're a busy guy. But yeah, I just, no, uh, you know, Wednesday's birthday was uh, yesterday, so. Oh, so you guys yeah. were partying, huh? <laughs> it was a very, very long weekend. <laughs> um, why do you think this one had so much more buzz to it and so much more like just coverage on social media in general? Because everyone who missed the first one still like a fucking dick. And they're like, <laughs> we can't miss this one. So let's put media coverage everywhere. Do you get more now do you get more like um you know, important people that compete, high level people in jujitsu and even MMA that are hitting you up or trying to track you down to get to get on these events yeah people hit me up but uh i get all kinds of messages because for some reason no one like reads which writing stuff and they're all like um they're like uh hey man i want to um come to do the high rollers and how do i get invited and this this and i'm like there's no fucking invite how you do is literally go register pay money <laughs> like any other tournament and you're in the tournament like, it's not some secret kumite, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. guys that don't want to do that, they're like, I'll oh, just put me in. Why do I got to do all that? Yeah, man, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean, though, man. We we get that with people. Well, we've actually had people come to us and go, hey, uh, can you get me in this event over here? And it's like, dude, fucking go sign up. Like, what? The, why are you asking me, man? That's hilarious, dude. Yeah. But so, what, yeah, it's not that hard. <laughs> I mean, don't you... God, man, this thing's picking up a lot of attraction. I see it getting bigger. Like, aren't things like super fights probably in store for the future for this um, high rollers? Yeah, I mean, um, it, it's just... It really wasn't a, uh, a headliner super fight with this one at first because it was just like... just didn't feel like fucking looking for nobody to do it. I ain't even gonna lie to you. I just didn't fucking feel like it. Then, like, there was people we had lined up, but then things kept happening. Somebody would get injured after pull out. We had some great matches lined up, like, super fights you would, like, die to see. And somebody would get injured, somebody would get injured. And it was just like, like fuck this shit. I was, like, going through that. The tournament so still was just nice, kind of like, all right, well. Yeah, so it was like doing the tournament. But 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 there was a super fight and it was uh Daniel Strauss. Um he'll he'll be going up against uh 
I believe, uh, felony Charles Bennett. Oh my, that's crazy. <laughs> he just he just did yeah, bare knuckle yeah. too. He just did bare knuckle. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. That dude does everything. He's been on the show a couple times. He's fucking amazing, man. Charles Bennett is an amazing human he's being. Amazing dude. fighter, like yeah, he's he's fantastic, yeah. man. And he's got his jujitsu's better than you know, like people I think assume that he has. No it's jiu-jitsu. crazy. It's kamikaze. Like I wouldn't want to fucking have to get on the ground and roll with 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 Crazy Horse, dude. I would not want to do it, man. Uh. High rollers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, make sure, make sure you don't mix your name up there. He'll get pissed from crazy horse. Now. Yeah, no, I know. I oh yeah, about yeah. That. You're right, dude. He'll you're block right. you like on, on like on. What the fuck? What the fuck <laughs> is that media. all about? You don't like that name? That's right, dude. Like I fel- felony, felony. That's right. <laughs> Shit, you're right. Thanks. Yeah. Man. Good looking out, man. <laughs> oh no problem. No hey, problem. Uh, hey. Uh, so I want to remind our listeners, High Rollers Two is out. Uh, it's it's happening to, today, actually at two p.m. Just a couple hours from now. It's at the U.S. ESS Center, Compton, California. I don't know if it's sold out, if you could still get tickets if you're in the area, Big Lun, or is the best way to watch it on the live stream? Uh, shit, man, you can do both. You can live stream and come get a ticket. You can, you can come get a ticket and live stream while you're in there. Yeah. Uh, it don't fucking matter. I feel you. So it's High Rollers. That's uh, Rollers with a Z, highrollersbjj.com. You could hit that site up. There's still time to check it out, and there's links for the live stream and everything else on there. Dude, um, it's a pretty big deal what's going on. I feel like the cannabis culture in general is you know, obviously growing by leaps and bounds, and jujitsu's in a place where it's getting pulled up with the rise of MMA and the UFC. It's kind of pulling jujitsu up with it, at least in, in the uh, public eye. And now jujitsu is getting attached to cannabis pretty tight, which I think that connection was already there. You know what I mean? But now it's just more publicized and public and accepted. Uh, it's gotta be, it's gotta be pretty exciting for you, man, because I, I would assume that you're starting to hear from bigger names in the corporate world. And maybe you guys have some bigger things on deck. Man, I got some things on deck. I'm not supposed to spill all the beans now, but you guys will see. You guys will be one of the first ones to know because, you know what I'm saying, y'all was one of the first ones to reach out and even want to do something with this shit. So. Oh, hell it just, yeah. It just seemed like a winner. The first time I looked, I'm like, oh, man. I'm surprised. <laughs> oh, it's dude. one of those things where you surprised, you're almost surprised someone didn't already do it. You're like, this is like open mat. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> How come nobody thought of this yet? It's awesome. Yeah, well, I'm glad nobody thought of it yet. <laughs> no, I, it's it's <laughs> it's brilliant for you. Hey, tell me about yourself yeah, just a little bit, man. Somebody in in I maybe I missed this fact. Are you are you the bodyguard for for Wiz Khalifa or or, or something like that? Yes, I am. Oh, I see. I see. I am the bodyguard. That's, that's my little cousin. Oh, I got you. Okay. Damn, that that's a pretty dope uh a dope setup you got there, man. How how um how much does that impact your ability to train or is it pretty rad because if you're on the road you get to kind of train in multiple spots? Well, I mean, my, um so you know, I live in Pittsburgh and I come out of LA to uh work with Wes every month for like a couple of days uh out of the month and when I'm here, I train at Five Star Martial Arts or Cron uh, Gracie uh, at his gym. So when I'm home, I'm at my home gym uh, style training. I got you. Okay. Uh, it's his, his Gracie affiliate. So that's how it works for us, like me going back and forth here. But when we're on the road, then, yeah, I mean, it's awesome because 
you know, jujitsu is like a, just just a fucking community, like a village. You know what I'm saying? So as soon as you, as soon as you get somewhere, hey man, I'm here. I got my gear. I'm looking for somewhere to roll. It's a thousand people. Like, hey man, here's my gym over here. You want to come over here, brother? You know, jujitsu. So yeah, yeah. It, 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 it always it works out. So I mean, being a bodyguard, like I'm sure that more than once you've had to use your jujitsu. Right, like, like, isn't it, or have you since with this title uh, being a bodyguard? You, you would be so surprised how much I don't have dirt <laughs> just based on the, uh, based on the uh, the content that's put out and the, uh, the type of fans that attracts back. So, you know, mostly his fans are high as fuck and just want to like smoke <laughs> a joint with him. Yeah, yeah. It's not like he's like, uh, like some gangster rapper talking like fuck the world and. I'm Billy Badass and run up on me. You know what I mean? I'd have a different, probably a bunch of different stories then. But being that the, um, he's not putting out any asshole music, we don't have too many asshole fans. Yeah, that's got to help a lot, actually. To be, you, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, man, you know, there's always somebody who's like, for whatever reason, gets fucked up or they're drinking or, you know, they get out of line. Not having to use jujitsu, yeah. I, I would imagine, you know, like, you're pretty intimidating, dude, man. You know, you got some size on you. I wouldn't want to fuck with you, dude. I'd be I like, am nah. not as intimidating. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> I got my eyes are always chinky and fucking. I'm trying red to, I'm trying to big you up, man. Come on. Yeah, no, no, not me, man. I'm like a big ass weed smoking teddy bear. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome, dude. I I think you're great for the jujitsu community, man. I think it's um. It's a pretty cool thing. Uh, I wish you could talk more about what you got coming up, man, because I just I feel like there's there's a lot involved. And one of the biggest issues that jujitsu has had from the very first day that was limiting the growth of jujitsu was there was never an outside corporate funnel of money. There was never outside corporate sponsorship. None of the big sports brands really got behind it. Adidas would like make some geese, but it wasn't like a big thing. And it's been really hard to get outside the outside world interested in jujitsu. Cannabis is a real fucking outside corporate. Like, there's a lot of money involved in that, and um, it's pretty rad that jujitsu maybe will start to see some outside money sponsorship wise and really help it grow to a big level now. Yeah, man, I'd be double shit. I'd be. I would love for. Uh... Uh, for to be recognized as one of the ones who helped make that happen, that'd be fucking awesome. It, it, I, look, almost, I almost got to talking about like the plans for the future and shit, but I ain't gonna do that just yet. Yeah, but yeah, I because th- I can see that. Amazing. I can see that happening now. Like I, before, I couldn't see it with jujitsu. I would go like, man, we can't even get on ESPN four. You know what I mean? Like they got fucking guys playing darts and doing lawn bowling and they won't put jujitsu on on a Tuesday at two o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, God damn, this sucks. But with the kind of connection between the cannabis community and jujitsu, now there's potential for some real growth, but and good opportunities too. I think it's a fit that makes sense. So I'm pretty excited about it, dude. Really excited. But what I'm even more excited about is high rollers too today. Cause I'm going to watch it. My nephew, Check this out, man. My nephew is from Utah. He trains jiu-jitsu, and this is going to be his first jiu-jitsu tournament. It's going to be high rollers, too. 
So he's going to be there today, man. I thought that's pretty dope. I'm like, God damn, your first tournament is high rollers? That's awesome. He's competing or he's watching? No, he's competing today, man. Yeah, he's competing. Oh, shit. That's a great first tournament, man. He ain't going to have the jitters and the, the nervousness. He's going to be relaxed. And, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's he's awesome, ready. man. Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty excited yeah. for him. Man, my first tournament. When you guys coming down? When you guys gonna come make one of the tournaments? Dude, right? I gotta get down, man. My my wife went down to support my nephew with my sister, and we just opened up a tenth planet up in Stockton here, and so uh, I've been hella busy, dude. But I want to get down there, man. Maybe the next one, dude. Maybe I'll just put it down. Okay. And I'll do it, man. Yeah. Nice. I gotta come up there and check out the tenth planet. Hell yeah, dude! Always welcome, man. We love everybody. Be dope, dude. Oh, I appreciate it. Hey, big long man. I know we we just woke you up, dude. I'm gonna let you get back to your day. You got a lot of shit going on, dude. I hope today is yeah, badass. To... Best of luck to I you. I need to go get started for sure, man. <laughs> you gotta put the brackets together. He's like, I was gonna do the tournament, but then I got high. No, hey, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, uh, best of luck to you, man. Uh, encourage our listeners to check it out. Thank you, man. Thank you guys as always, man. Have a great day. All right, you too, bye. Wait. All right, guys. Smoke weed. <laughs> I don't know how to unlock your phone, man. Oh, that's done. That's pretty funny, huh? Yeah. Like, it kind of sucks when you wake a guy up real early in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Kind of feel like a turd, you know? Yeah. Not, not me. I don't care. You don't care, huh? I like waking people up. Yeah. Right. So I'm a heel. I'm a heel. I call people early in the morning. I'm going to, uh, I'm gonna go live on Instagram, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the story how we used to prank phone call the church people. <laughs> that's, um, that's a pretty good one. All right, let's go. Hold on, how do I do this? Uh, all right. You know the world is changing, dude, and yeah. I'm having trouble keeping up with it. To be honest with you. So, um. <laughs> I, got, I just wait a second. I just looked at my Twitter real quick and I see Kobe Covington. Uh huh. What's he saying? He retweets us. Okay, this is what um, this is what he's so funny, bro. This made me laugh out. Uh huh. What did he so say? Stephen Thompson tweets like great. So Stephen Thompson tweets about the fight and he's all great fight. Well done, Tyrone Woodley. I fought both of you guys and I am down to fight both again. T Wood, we got unfinished business. Woodley Thompson three and then Kobe Covington retweets it and comments, "Oh, shut the hell up, you virgin. You're at the back of the line, choir boy." <laughs> That was really good. Pretty fucking good, right? Yeah. So, um, do you uh, do you remember? Okay, wait. What were you talking about with your phone? You said something about your phone. Oh, the prank phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> so my kids are doing prank phone calls now, but now no they, way. Yeah, but what happens now is they have these apps that disguise where you're calling from. Oh no, I don't even. <laughs> It's, it's like, yeah, it's got more advanced. Like, for a while, it kind of got screwed up, and it was hard to do. They could find you really easy, it seemed like. But now it's gotten a little more advanced. But now, like, okay, they, they called uh, they called this Indian guy. <laughs> and they were like, uh, they called it, what this is what they're doing. Check out this scam. that, that, that Your kids? Yes. Nate? Uh, Noah. Noah's doing it. Noah. Wow. Uh, Noah's sharp, dude. So check out what they're doing, dude. <laughs> they record this shit? No, they need to. That's they're the calling step. tech support. Oh no! Wow. Where they know they'll get oh, like a. It's they, a, an amazing idea, they just, right? They just melted my heart. Right? <laughs> they call tech support. 
And they act wow. they act like so they have impre- I'm so impressed. Dude, and they yes, and so they act like they have um uh uh a technical issue. And then they give them names like what's your name? And Nate Nate's like, Oh my name's Ligama and he's all <laughs> Ligama what he's all Ligama nuts. <laughs> And then they hang up or what? Well, sometimes they'll if they'll play it straight, but they got this Indian guy, and Nate was like, "Oh, my name is Ligama," and he's all, "Oh, let me guess, Ligama balls." <laughs> <laughs> what did Nate say? And then they tried to play it straight, like, "No, why would you say that to?" Oh, uh, it was Noah. Noah said, "Why would you say that to me?" Oh my god, he Dude, tried to play okay. it straight. Yeah, it's got it. They got to record that. We got to play. Yeah. It. He's got to he's got to keep it going, dude. It was really funny. We were the I mean, we were doing this shit. We were kids too. <laughs> yeah, dude, we were, man. And so anyway, I was thinking, I, told I just can't believe they're so smart like they they've really stepped it up. Like we we weren't on that game. Like they're calling corporations. Their prank phone calling game is off the hook, dude. It's they're, so They're good. set up. They're set up. They're set it's up. Undetectable. Dude. Undetectable. And they're sharp. They probably and could smart. maybe get a little bit better about pushing this thing a little bit further, making yeah. it funnier. So, so they were asking me about the prank phone calls when we were kids, the ones we would do, and and so I I started telling them the uh, story about how I would spend the night at your house and we'd stay up really late, like super duper late. And the church had a a phone list. So for some reason, when we were like growing up in the church, um. The phone list for people in the church was like a secret. You remember that? Sort of. It was kind of yeah. like, I remember some people would get a little irritated if they had like a unlisted number and it showed up in the, in the church, church directory. <laughs> like my number's unlisted. It was like, it was like a point of Well, yeah, back then you, got, you looked at the phone book and got people's number out of the phone book. But you, you remember people and, who if had. If you have unlisted, it meant you didn't want but people it, to be able to look you up. And, and did you have to pay for that? Phone book? I don't to remember. not it was, get it listed. To have yeah, a private? I think there was something you had to do something. Was wasn't Grandma and Grandpa unlisted? I don't know. The Newmans? I think so. I think yeah. they and she had some kind of weird pride about it. My number's unlisted. Like it was like, oh, whoa. I'm not like a regular person. Well, excuse me. Oh shit. I'm How sorry. did you get my number? Oh my god. Right. My number is unlisted, buddy. So the church, the church phone directory had some unlisted numbers and shit in it, and it it, it was like our favorite thing in the whole world. To call these people in the middle of the night, and t- and and the whole goal was to provoke them to swear, to we use a swear word. Get one of them to get so upset that they started swearing. So uh, we used to call <laughs> the the elderly too. Not, we went straight they, for they've the since <laughs> gone on. They're not even alive anymore. To the other side, they're walking with Jesus, Mel and Roxy. But when 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 they were alive, when we were kids. We tormented them to the point of using profanity on the phone. <laughs> See, that, it's different than what your kids are doing. Oh, it is, yeah. We were singling somebody out and driving yeah, them insane. I know, dude, I know. <laughs> it's like the, the prank phone calls that um, on the Howard Stern show that um, they were doing to the Tradio show. Yeah, yeah, like, right. They, they drove exactly. that guy so insane because every was, single show they hijacked it. was it. targeted. They, he could not do a show without getting... Uh, they probably had some really good technology. Yeah. I'm assuming that Howard Stern guys... Because they manipulated his phone line. Somehow, and that guy... What's so funny is that guy's whole show got dedicated to blocking the <laughs> fucking prank phone calls. <laughs> like, it's so glad. It's great. But so we we did that. That was a lot of fun. And then you remember I was telling them the story about how we would call up and say, 
oh, I used to go to high school with you. My name's Robert Mitchell. And remember all that weird shit we would do? Yeah. We lost yeah. our ass off in Reno. Try to get somebody to loan you money. Try to get somebody in Random the middle person. of the night to come pick you up. And we tell them what part of town we were in, and it was always the worst part of town. <laughs> it's like, the, dude, we would basically give people the phone call in the middle of the night that you did not want to get. Like, it was not welcome. Oh, I remember. Um, and if they hung up, we'd call right back, too. <laughs> I trolled um, I trolled my own grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them, actually. But I had one <laughs> grandmother on my mom's side has gone on to see the Lord. Um, used to... Be very concerned about her credit. Like she, would, she would always talk about how she has excellent credit. She's paid every single bill. She's never been late on a payment. This is the same one with the unlisted phone number. Yeah, unlisted phone number. My credit is excellent. So I would do this prank phone call, right? Where I said that she had either ordered HBO, it was extra on her cable, <laughs> <laughs> and that we haven't. Received, I already know what you. I already know what you did, dude. I know what you did. We haven't received a payment and? for it. That she would start. Saying she never did. And I said, well, yes. I said it was in your name. I would say her name and her address. And <laughs> I said, you did this, and this is a day away from going into collections. <laughs> it's going to reflect negatively on your credit bill. <laughs> okay, but man, threatening grandma, grandma Eldora, that you were going to send her to collections, dude, that that is hitting below the belt for her, man. That's a major cause for for for. A, that's a, what did she do? She must have she had threatened. Um, oh, of course. Find out who I was. <laughs> she threatened the mafia on you. Basically, yeah, it was a threat. She would find out who I was. She would send people over to run me out of town. She said, "You know, I'm from Italy." <laughs> she she would pull that mafia card out and act like she could have <laughs> you have you whacked. She couldn't have you killed. She didn't know anybody. She knew a couple of people that would. Yeah, that's not true. Yeah, I don't no, it. I don't. I don't that's believe, not. No, I don't believe it. <laughs> there, there's a little bit of truth into into what into what she had a few. She had a few tough guys that would 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 go knock somebody's door in if she really pressed them. Yeah, in. yeah. Uh, in the family or in her family, an associates in of her family. Which side? The, well, the Italian I'll give, side. I'll give you two names. Who? Two names. And she's used them before. Nikki Rubino. Oh, the Rubino. Yeah. And Supercuz. Oh. Oh, okay, yeah, but I'm not talking about those guys. I'm talking about she acted like she had Italian black hand oh, yeah. Yeah, mafia <laughs> connections and can have you shot or something. Don't you remember yeah. she would allude to that every once in a while? Yeah. <laughs> She'd pull that out at like a McDonald's. She'd get snappy with the fast food lady and then, you know, I'm Italian. It's like, what? <laughs> did, you you know just, I'm real- <laughs> did you just undercover threaten that lady at McDonald's? Like, what? <laughs> She's like a church going grandma, you know? Unless push came to shove and then she would fuck you up. She knows. Well, she's threatened church people. I know. <laughs> church people that she got into arguments with, she threatened to have her, her nephew run him out of town. Is that- she, the word, when she used the word run you out of town, was she, was she saying, like, she doesn't like use dirty, foul language. Yeah. She's saying, like, you know, he's going to come with his gun. Stick it in your mouth you. and tell you if you don't get out of town, I'm going to kill you. That's what she was really saying. Yeah, that's what she's saying. You're right. It is. It, that was what she was saying. <laughs> and she was an old Italian lady who couldn't even drive. She was afraid of getting. She wouldn't even get in a kiddie pool. She was afraid of drowning. <laughs> <laughs> now, Gramps had a gun, though, man. Gramps had yeah, more than one gun. A few of them. <laughs> as soon as he died, your brother and Bobby asked for the gun. <laughs> yeah. 
Where's the gun? <laughs> We're looking for the gun. Both of them wanted so the gun. Is- Both motherfuckers wanted the gun, dude. Yeah, they were. So it was hidden. I don't even know. We should, I don't even know this story should be told. Be who cares? He's care. dead. Right. Well, okay. So we all knew as kids that my grandfather had guns. Yeah. He and, and, and okay. He hit him, and it was it was kind of a okay. But he, he we knew. But he also like he used to take me fishing a lot, and he told me I keep the gun un- under the seat in the car. And here's the plan. If anybody comes down and harasses me, you sneak up to the car while they're harassing me, and you get that gun, and you pull it on them. And I was like nine, dude. I was like, what? you want me to do what? Pull? Like, I have a bad track record with guns, dude. <laughs> yeah, horrible. <laughs> so, um, so uh, he, he, yeah, so he had guns. Go ahead. Yeah, he had guns. So everyone knew he, 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 you know, he, he had guns and he went fishing all the time and he'd fish all you know on the fishing right. bank and there were rough customers on the fishing bank yeah. that would you know ro- would rob motherfuckers on the fi- there's a it was yeah. a weird it was a kind of a weird deal where most people were there fishing but you had a few rough customers hiding out there there was some criminals would go homeless, and hide out on weirdos, the fishing yeah. banks and shit people would sneak up on you in fishing banks and rob you that wasn't that uncommon so anyways he carried a pistol we all knew so when he died we have my brother who um my brother suffered from um, delusional, I guess I was I just, I, delusional thoughts from time to time, and then my uncle had delusional. They both had very delusional, even more so. We prank, but we had a hand. I think maybe probably, but very delusional, crazy. So this is what, when my grandfather died. They they all knew that he had a gun somewhere. Everybody was like they were trying to find it, <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to find it too. All it, it was like I was trying to find it too, and I wasn't exactly the best person to hand a gun to neither. No, you don't have a great track record either. But okay, how, what was the period of time between when he passed when to when at he, least a year and a half had went by? No one had found it yet. It, <laughs> it was kind of like a little tense, right? Because everybody was finally for somehow. The I talked my grandma into telling me where it was. Oh, she knew where it was. She wouldn't tell anybody. Oh, and somehow she's and, thinking in her mind. She was like, "This is what she, she doesn't know what to do with a gun." She had it hidden in this coat pocket, is where it ultimately was hidden. Oh it wouldn't God. have been tremendously oh hard to God. find. But she's got. A son and a grandson who are a little crazy looking for the gun. They're both looking, actively, actively looking, looking for, for the gun, gun dude. <laughs> Trying to coax it out want, of her. I, I Where's the gun? And then, and then I'm telling her, once, you know, I want it. And she, and she, and she realized that probably the safest bet was, was me. Was to let you have it. And then so um, from there, that's... So you got the gun. You had the gun. Yeah, I don't know what. It. I don't know. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny about Gramps, how you said he would go out to the fishing bank and there'd be like, weird people out there and all that stuff. One time when I was with them, there were people screwing out there <laughs> and he put his headlights on them and yeah, said, well, they're going to be out here. We're going to turn up, turn the light on them. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want no, he, 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 that was for him. It was like fishing, you know, he went there. To, he didn't want a bunch of people coming there. Yeah. He didn't want people going over there to where he fishes thinking that's the place, you know, to bone. It's a bone. It's fishing spot. This is my fishing bank, motherfucker. Yeah. You come to my spot where I fish every day. I'm catch, out here catching these fucking fish. And, you know, you're going to come out here and fucking bone and throw my and, and run these fish off. He was fucking serious about fishing. I'm going to run you out here and shine yeah. a light right on you. So you yeah, because he, he wasn't he didn't drink and he wasn't smoking. He was fishing, dude. He was fucking fishing to fish. Dude. A lot of people fished more so back then even. And they did yeah. it every day. Like they just went fishing every day. You're right, man. Stockton had a really good fishing, too, back then. Back then. Yeah. Now you pull up a I'm, dead body. I met this other guy who's... Uh, Whose uh, grandpa um, 
fished in the channel like ours, and he ca- and he caught the minnows and he used the lure. He knew the whole method that they used. Remember how that was kind of like a weird secret method that they were doing, and like Grandpa wouldn't teach people how to do it. Yeah, this guy's Grandpa did the same thing. Some secret method of in the same spots. The, I told him. Our, I told him our grandpas probably knew each other. They because that was a small little community, right? They used to yeah. talk shit about each other. Yeah, they, <laughs> they were mean motherfuckers. Just like dude. everything else, man. Oh, dude. This guy don't know how to fish. Oh, shit. He don't know how to fish. Everybody thought everybody thought they were better at fishing than the other dude. Yeah. And they caught better fish. And they'd also like, throw big fits if they had a day where they couldn't catch nothing. Everybody oh, knows. yeah. Everyone else did. So many characters out there on that fucking fishing bank. I remember this one dude. He, every time, like, Every time like he wasn't catching a lot of fish, he would throw a fit like a fucking baby. Who who was that? You remember? His it name? was Bill. Oh, Bill Oliver. He would bitch and mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bitch and he was like, he'd go wild. Another man. church dude, right? <laughs> but like, <laughs> but, like when he wait, catch fish, his parents were the people we prank phone called all yeah. the time. So when he couldn't catch anything, he would throw a lacing profanity. <laughs> <laughs> he <would> go crazy. <laughs> The way that I remember it going down is the other dudes would be catching fish, man. Yeah. He wouldn't wouldn't be pulling up shit. Yeah. He'd be like dropping (laughs) F-bombs, saying he wants to leave that fucking spot. (laughs) This whole fucking place is going to be fucking fish. And they'd be like, I ain't going nowhere. I'm catching fish. Yeah, Bill would have wild fits, man. He was a scary dude. Fishing was more important, man. That that, How good you could fish was was like the size of your dick, man. You wanted to be able to be... (laughs) Gotta <laughs> catch fish. Nobody fishes right now, man. Not like that, dude. No, yeah, I never. I not did. the same, man. Not, yeah. not, not like man. Every day you're taking. Yeah. They were taking Polaroids of their fish, man. You're right. Holding it I up. Look That's at what right, I got. dude. Grandpa had all kinds of fish on pictures, fa- dude. On Facebook, man, he'd be like, you know, holding up fucking. I mean, that's Christopher now. Man. Well, the only yeah, that's Chris Huff. Our, the, I know. The, so the only we were, you know, little. I don't know, man, but we never picked up the fishing. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I would go to the fishing I didn't fishing want to bank. touch the goddamn fish, dude. Well, he was like, yeah, I would just throw rocks in the water and shit, never really gravitated towards it. But, like, um, but the, but the kid that the babysat, Chris Huff, is like, you know, his, dad was, his dad was, like, you know, all about fishing and Fishing hunting. and the hunting and all that shit. But it's like he picked up, like, he picked that shit up. Grandpa really loved Chris, dude, because That's Chris liked he, fishing. He really wished that was his own. I know. <laughs> more I, so than us. I think Chris was the grandson that he... I know. He was like the one that he wished was his grandson. But Chris is cool. I still stay in contact yeah, with Chris. He's cool. he's, yeah, he's cool. He's Steve. He's my motherfucker's fishing. He's killing, fishing and killing hunting. Ducks and, and fucking hunting. Fucking drinking beer and like he seems like he's having a great, a great, a great life actually. Man. On social media, at least. Yeah. Some people tell me, man, you look like you're having a good time. I'm like, not really. Like, <laughs> my fucking life sucks. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. You're, you you so, are having a great time. Yeah, you're 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 doing good, dude. You're fucking buff. Look how buff Matt is. Matt's fucking buff, hey, dude. No. Flex on us, dude. Look at that. Look at those guns, man. See this brother. Show that gun, dude. You see this brother. Show me that, dude. That's something. Show me the arm bar escape with your guns, dude. <laughs> so this is the thing about um arm bars. You just have to do if you could really do a heavy fucking preacher curl, like all you gotta do yeah. is just fucking curl your arm and you'll curl right at you'll it. You'll curl right at it. Right at anybody's technique. Arm bars don't work. Or just do this, right? All I have to do is this. I, I make my I just flex my arm and then nobody dude. can pull it back on. I'm too strong, like this idea that like his technique, like his entire body is going to be stronger than, than than my one arm. But yeah, like, I'm so strong that my entire body, yeah, my arm, my is, is stronger than his entire body. He can't budget. Only a oh, dude. Only pussies tap to arm bars, dude. You know, yeah. Dean Lister did say though. Dean Lister said that 
he doesn't tap to arm bars, that your arm can stretch way further than what you think it can. You know, and I then don't know, he man. Said, he said, if you don't tap, it's just going to pop, and it'll hurt for three weeks, and you'll be back <laughs> on the mat. I was like, yeah. Have, 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 you've had your arm popped, right? Dude, I had my arm popped in the From same tournament twice. Training it out or what happened? Like From fucking just not tapping in time. Ooh. Not in time. It was so fast. It wasn't from the, it wasn't the straight arm lock. It was this uh, from standing. Wait, what he's right about, and, and all those, what he said was true, and all those submissions, there's a point where you're almost there, and, 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 and it might break, but it's not bro- it hasn't broke yet. Yeah, <laughs> like, but, dude, that's a fucking You're seconds away from line, a pop. Like, if ever, I mean, I've held it on a guy before. He's not tapping, not tapping, and it goes pop. That's not how he felt about, like, he tapped to that neck crank that Barnett put him in. Yeah, well, some things are really pain- some things are more painful than just to pop. You can't fuck the pop. With the, is not the pop is scary, but it's not some some moves hurt. Yeah, on top of it, the pop hurts later. I think too with your neck, dude. Like you could fuck your arm up and you'll be back. That's you don't like want to two hundred and sixty five pound Josh Barnett too. Yeah, I think he's going to be in the quintet that five on five deal. Oh, wow. You know, with jujitsu, the yeah, grappling one. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of cool. They give you a weight limit, and you got to have five guys. They just have to be combined under that weight limit. Oh, that's interesting. And then you get to strategize about who on your team is going to have the first match, and the other team that. strategizes, but they don't tell each other. And then if you win your match, you stay on the mat, and the next guy comes out. And if you beat him, the next guy comes out. You beat him, then they just... So you can end up just going after one... It, go through the whole team, one guy can. One guy can beat the whole... And then it's over. If he beats everybody, it's over? Is that how it works? Then they move on to fight the next team. It's like a bracketed... So they beat that team. and They, they yeah. can beat that team with one guy on the mat, taps out all the guys that come yes. in on him. Yes. Oh. Yeah. It's pretty dope, I huh? kind of like that. I do too, man. <laughs> what if a guy like John Jones put together the shittiest team on purpose? Yeah. That he and he would just go in and win, like win. Oh yeah, he had all these. Out. He, he he had all these scrubs that were like, and they'd be partying all the time. It's and, like when John Lennon started that band, and you had a bunch of shitty musicians, just a bunch of minions. Yeah, yeah, that'd be funny. They would just carry his his towel and carry his stuff, and um, you know, make sure he was okay. That'd be cool, actually. Jujitsu is pretty. It's pretty neat. What's happening, man? What's going on with it? It's pretty fun right now, dude. It's you a know, fun world. What's kind of interesting too and fun is just um, that Jeff Curran. It's talking. They're looking more like that match with um, oh, Curran Jacobs. Curran Jacobs. Funny. People were getting so mad at me for that. It's like it's just a. It's like I don't know, man. It's not even. What? A, it's once, dude. I know. I know. It's not even intentional. Dude, this is what I did with Javi Vasquez. I called him Javi Mendez so yeah, many he, times. Yeah. And he got so pissed. Then I couldn't stop saying it, dude, because it was like. Once you say somebody's name wrong uh, once, and it's similar to the other name, can't get it, it back, dude. It, it, your brain wiring goes reverse, and you keep fucking doing it. Absolutely, man. I agree with I say you. Say Curran. <laughs> I'm gonna call him Curran from now on. Yeah, Jeff Curran, not fucking Jeff. Not not. It's Curran you're gonna Jacobs. Say, you're gonna start saying it wrong. Though. I know. <laughs> Fuck you, Matt Freeman. <laughs> Fuck me up. No, but that is that's kind of that's kind of interesting though the whole catch wrestling uh, argument you know getting brought back to the table and you know a, a take some sort of takedown match with um, submissions. Yeah, I haven't heard much heat on it though. Man. Well, I know. Um, I know. Um, Matt Granahan's talked to Chell. What's up, Crush Crew BJJ? Yeah. Uh, oh, has he? Yeah. Interesting. And Heather, the uh, um, the matchmaker, and we're both. Um, you know, uh, I know two guys. Um, Chell was. From what you know, from Granahan to me, was interested in, um, and then somebody else in um, the same city 
that Curran is in is um, interesting to put it together and, and, and putting down the kind of money that Gordon, Gordon Ryan demands. He said that he would do if you if you came up with this much money, get a promoter, we'll do it. Yeah. What's going on with Gordon Ryan right now? He's doesn't I don't have know. nothing lined up, it seems. Isn't he um is, is he exclusive with them? I think he can compete in certain events, but not there are some he can't compete They in. gotta be paying him a lot to have signed something so exclusive. Probably they're paying him something, yeah. Yeah, you got to be. Right. I don't know if jujitsu is big enough for very many exclusive contracts. It's not. I yeah. fucking hate it, dude. I don't like it, man. I mean, unless you're paying one guy an exorbitant amount of money. See, I don't like it, and you know what pisses me off? This is what pisses me off, dude. That when Halleck Gracie tried to do this, everyone, everyone fucking got mad at him. So Halleck, he tried to sign Gary Tone into an exclusive he- contract, right? Yeah. Isn't that what he did? Yeah, basically. And everyone said, oh, he's underhanded, he's dirty, he's this, Well, he's everyone dick. said he was trying to steal him. He was trying to keep him from doing EBI. EBI. Yeah. Well, he probably was. <laughs> like, let's just be fucking real. But look, hey, man, how sharp was Halleck to recognize the that... Uh, the, ex- the competitiveness of the business and um, the exclusive contracts. Right. That, that, and that Gary Tonin was going to be a guy you'd like to lock up. And if you get him, you might get Gordon or you might get Cummings. What if? Okay, yeah, maybe. Because what if he would, a- would have been able to pull it off and get all three? Metamorphs would be on right now, dude. It would be alive right now. I don't. Yeah. Yes. I, if I don't know. if Halleck gets Tonin and and Ryan and Cummings to exclusive contracts, Metamorphs is in business today. Oh, they're exclusive. Yeah. Exclusive. But okay, so anyway, yeah, but you know, everyone not, got mad maybe, at Halleck. Maybe, maybe. But then when this ACB people do it or whatever, I think it's called ACB, whatever, or bear cut or whatever. When they do it, it's how, like, I mean, oh, how this big, is so great for jujitsu. How big is it? Like, it gives like I don't, I don't. I wonder how much money they're offering him to make to, I don't for him know. to like sign something. It's like I won't, you know, I won't compete for a different organization from you know different organizations. Yeah. I'll be. I think there's some openness in the contract though. It's not totally closed. So, uh, is EBI closed? It appears. It, I don't think it's it, close oh, to EBI. I didn't think it was, but maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know, dude. Hmm. Some of it might have to do with the streaming. I think the market is kind of right now. I think jujitsu is to shape it, up. It's well, okay. So there's a good market, and I think um, you got fights win. You got uh, EBI. You got this ACB. You got other ones, Polaris. They've all gained in yeah. elements of popularity, you yeah. know, and uh, I think somebody may, one of those guys might potentially, like, step up and make it even bigger to the next level. I think where EBI might have, this is where I think, EBI is a good rule set. I think it promotes action. But where I think somebody might come along and, like, maybe fuck with that is one guy gets offered money for winning and it's all in regulation, right? And And that's, like, pretty, that's it, like. Once that happens, it'll fuck you. What if somebody else says, I'm going to do that rule rule format, but I'm going to pay everybody? Then where the guy's going to go? Oh, yeah. I got you. That's what I think is going to happen. Somebody's going to raise the 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 prize to where the other guys can't keep up with it, and they become... Less yeah. relevant because they they're because paying. I'll tell somebody's you what, finally going to pay. Well, yeah. Someone's going to maybe this is this is where I see the next if if it goes anywhere. Somebody gets some money, maybe high rollers. Um, but but it's hard to you got to make money though. You go out of business, you know. It's, it's hard, hard to make dude. money, and that's what's happened. 
you know, what's, what has happened in the past is people have tried to pay these guys really well without really the profit channel yeah. built up yet, and they go out of business. That's what happened well, to Matt Morris. Matt, Matt, and you, that's what my point, too, is, you know, who knows? Maybe he, he gets exclusive contract signs, but he can't run the business right, and he still goes out of business. Yeah, potentially. You can't right. pay your bills, and you can't yeah. pay your creditors. You fucking you go the out of business. void. Yeah, you're right. So, um, Dude, I think so, and I think people also have to understand that and I don't know if this impacts it or not, but it could open a channel up for EBI. Is that the UFC is signed a contract with ESPN? Yeah, that sort of. Yeah, that sort and of thing. It, there could be maybe some future connection. Maybe what, I don't really know. What dude. about Fight to Win? I mean, they're they've done. They're I like think an island unto its unto itself, an entity that's like just so unique that nobody can can well, duplicate Fight to Win the way they're no, doing it. No, but I think I think. What Seth needs to do is get his streaming rights back. That's what I think he needs yeah, to do. Yeah, that's the next level for him. But I think he sold them for... I I think... This is pure speculation. I could be talking out of my asshole. But I think... I think Fight to Win sold their streaming rights to... Um, Flow, right? Flow Grappling for like three years. Or something like that. There's like a time frame yeah. on it. Um, I think that Fight to Win could be... A lot bigger than what it is, dude. Seth is on to something. Well, Seth so, is packing, so Seth he's is packing theaters. And he's doing it way more than these other guys. He's doing it every fucking weekend. I know, but he's going all over the country. Dude, that's amazing, so the, man. No, and he's been doing it for a while. He figured out the market. Yeah. He figured out he had a game. He already knew it from running really, concerts. He, he knew it from running concerts. He even yeah. said that. He yeah. said he knew. He knows what cities to go and what months and what the channels are, where to stay, where to rent, who to talk to. That's they secret been, sauce, they, dude. They had been on the run, dude. The same crew already. had been on the run already. So that's why that team no sleep. They've already been doing the the concerts and all that other shit. And and the other thing, it, they still compete, you know. And Seth, Seth's pretty fucking savagery Seth, out there. Seth competes. They all Missy the whole and the whole group, dude. They're good people, dude. They're just tall and ass, man. There's a seven team crew, seven people, man. So they've started, you know, from scratch, built for, and you're probably right. Maybe the next step in their evolution is their own, is streaming rights and, and streaming it, people viewing it, and maybe having some like a big well, a big show. You can you can definitely um, still make a live gate. Obviously, they are. Oh yeah, not you got to. It's almost like wrestling. It WWE, is wrestling, like wrestling where they do their live shows and then they're in their uh you know, they got their WWE channel. That's what he needs to do, dude. He needs to do a weekly show and then maybe every other month build up that weekly show to a main a big event. Showdown. Yeah, dude, that'd be awesome. That'd be really interesting. I think Seth could pull it off. That distribution channel of knowing what cities to go to and yeah. where to hold your events and dude, that that's hard-earned industry secret shit. It's not easy to, to figure that stuff well, out. Well, he, he knows. I mean, you got the jiu-jitsu area, so, you know, you have, you know, schools out here. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In that, you know, in this Northern California region. So he picks, you know, the right locations. And, and, and then he knows the other regions, too, you know, like other states and areas around the country where they, there, there are um, – heavy jiu-jitsu presence in right. schools. And, he gets it, dude. And then they get those guys, those better guys, get them on the card, you know, get, I mean, get some purple belts and some blue belts because these blues and purples, they'll sell a lot of tickets. They're, they're, they bring the live because gate. Because their family, like, you know, um, your yeah. your aunt and uncle came to your jiu-jitsu Yeah, match, they did, know? man. And I'm it's, 40 years old. And for them, it's almost an easier sale 
then a, and then a fight. You know, it's grappling. It's wrestling. It, it feel, yeah, it's not as like, oh, I don't want to see somebody uh, get punched in get the punched face. Punched in the face. Like I was like last night when I was watching the fights at the at the bar. This one dude was there with with his lady, and she oh, was, was like, she turning her eyes. Yeah, so she's she, so violent. So, I can't hardly watch it. She liked most of it. You know, he kind of recruited ah. her, and like she liked most of the fights. Right? But she said when it gets too bloody, she can't. And then the end the end of the um, Woodley Till fight, she started kind of covering up her eyes. Oh, brother. She loved it. She loved it. Um, so, yeah, dude. Don't you think if Seth did a thing like this where they said, all right, let's say it's September, and they said, in December, we're having the fight to win, blah, 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 live from the Cow Palace, and it's going to be like AJ Agazarm versus uh, fucking the other crazy homeboy that throws down with them and kicked him off the stage, oh, Wagner Rocha. Yeah, Right, that you probably want to do like in Florida, though. Well, wh- okay, whatever. Right, yeah, do it in Florida, right? But they big it up. It's two months away, and every week, like they'll they'll have AJ on a on a, on a match, or they'll have him come out and say something, and then Wagner will be in the next city, and they just kind of big it up, and they build some promos, and they build some stories and some feuds. I think they should, man. What if he loses though, before the match? Oh no, you don't have him fight. You no. just bring him out to talk. Oh, okay. Or you have them like split screen. We got AJ Agazarm on the line. He's got a message for Wagner Rocha. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. fucking do it, man. Like what are these people thinking, dude? Somebody's gonna do it, Matt. Somebody's gonna do it. There's no limitations on any of it. There's a format. Everything's the, promoted. The one guy too that you can't count out that might that still could take this thing to the next level is Chill. His ability, to, his star reaching ability, like He's, getting a John yeah. Jones. Like he was, you know, he talked about. Close to getting a doing a John Jones Nick Diaz like okay um, so this is yeah okay yeah yeah he's got reach Chael could definitely pull some things off I think you're right that could you know something yeah. like that there's not a lot of guys that could potentially pull a big thing like that so off. I feel like Chael, okay I'm gonna I'm gonna break down what how I think the different organizations are I feel like I feel like SUG is never gonna be like on the road like fight to win never it'll, no. it'll never do that and it'll never be have the attachment that EBI does, but SUG would be the thing where they have some fucking killer match that nobody else could get, and it would be an epic match. It would be it because of Chael's reach, because of the people he could get in there to fight that maybe you can't get to do in any of those other events. You're not going to get John Jones and Nick Diaz on a fight or to John win. John Jones and Dan Henderson, right? It's just not going to get it. Too, I mean, John Jones' biggest. Biggest name you could get next to a Conor McGregor. Right, right. To grapple in an event? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's awesome. Okay, fight to win. I think fight to win is the thing that I, I I feel like has the biggest draw in terms of like going from city to city. Obviously, dude, they have fans all over the place, right? Yeah. So if you're going to do like a weekly show, like a weekly television show, fight to win's ready for they it. They are. I, I mean, they're really they're doing that they on a floor grappling, basically. They are already. They're set up. If you want to look at influence on jujitsu, I think EBI has the biggest influence on jujitsu. Like when you go, the shit that works at EBI turns out to be the shit that everyone tries to do. That's an interesting way of looking. It's at like it. a, it's like EBI is the thing that the fucking grapplers love. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's what the not, well, they, not all like of them. This, some of them won't do it. They don't like the <laughs> yeah. fucking. A lot of them don't. But like, it's like the new scene. 
Yeah. It's like the thing, dude. You know you, that. That's how I some always people don't at like it. those. They they, they don't some, like the rules. They set. don't like the idea. That's what it is. I think I figured it out for sure. Like I'm really good at jujitsu, right? Really good, and I don't and, and I don't want just some chump beating me ever. Yeah. So here's this rule set where I'm going to give this guy my back. I know. And he might, and, and because you gave him your back, <laughs> dude, he chokes you out, and it's like now you got choked out. And you never would have gotten choked out because yes. that guy never would have got your back. You never would have gave it to him. So it eats them away that, you know, why am I, this guy gets my back and he chokes me out. He never could have got my back. I had to, I gave him the position and now I lost. Dude, that, that's, um, the way I lost my last And super you get fight. choked out. I lost my Nobody last super fight out. in overtime in the second round to a choke. That's how I lost. And I had the and I never thought that until I did that match and I had the same exact thought. I thought, dude, I passed this guy's guard in regulation. You feel like you were kicking his I ass. took his back in regulation. I was initiating, I was driving, I was working. He never passed my guard. He never got my back. Nothing like that. But now he got on my back and he had a fucking good back game though, man. And he fucked me up. Well, and I lost the match. And I was like, God damn it. When um when David Mitchell did the Utah um uh proving grounds he did the EBI thing. His first, I think, two or three matches, that was his strategy because he wasn't in good shape. Yeah. Was to stall. But he knows the guy can't tap him, not get tapped, go into overtime and choke the guy out. And he choked two guys out in overtime. And then when he went into the finals, instead of employing that strategy, he just said, fuck it. And they had a crazy match and he ended yeah. up losing on time. What's David Mitchell up to these days? What's he doing? Oh, man, he's farming. <laughs> he's, I know, but man, is he, is he going to grapple again? I, I don't know, man. I mean, I think, I think, um, took a break from everything i want him to come train at 10th planet last, stockton dude I know, that'd be cool last time i talked to him he said is um he said he needed a break from everything and that since he's had a long break that is he suffered some uh you know injuries from his mma career you know David um, did? yeah some trauma you know some head trauma and um you think so a little bit a little bit and i think this you know this uh break and farming and all that you think, shit you think you would come train at 10th planet yeah stockton? For david sure. where you at man will you come train with us i think so 10th planet stockton you'll see you'll see dave i i think my, my gut tells me that you'll see um you'll see david back out there again. i said big buff came in yeah big buff is an intimidating role dude last weekend <laughs> not not this saturday but the one before when we did some competition yeah, training yeah um he, you know, he's really learned how to not go 100 miles an hour the whole round. You know, like yeah. the first time I ever rolled with him, I was a blue belt. I was so fucking scared, dude. Eric Shingu made me roll with him. He was partnering everybody up, and I was kind of looking around the room, and I thought, "There's one guy in the room that I don't want to roll with, and it's Big Buff Anthony, right?" And Eric started pairing people up, and he hadn't called my name, and I was like, "My process of elimination." I was like, "Oh shit! Oh shit!" And he's all. Uh, Tim go with Anthony, dude, and he grabbed me, man. He fucking thrashed me, dude. That was that was my first time training with him, and I was hella scared, man. Every time after that, I never wanted to roll with him, dude. Yeah, and uh, he still um, he still has that aggression, but he uses it way better now, dude. Like he was fun to train with on Saturday. He was tricky too, man. He he put me on the run, dude. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Big Buff's coming back after me. No, Big Buff, don't get me. A lot of those guys have been training for a long time. Forever, dude. Around the whole area. Yeah. A lot of people. Like, jiu-jitsu, 
myself Valley included NHB came to um, yeah. you know so it was one of the places that it went to originally it was uh, the San Joaquin County you know Caesar, so weird Casey, you know BJ Penn BJ Penn's first MMA fight was in Stockton yeah, it was in Stockton against Danny Greider who was the um, fight promoter of uh, right there in the Jackson Casino yeah um, isn't that insane global knockouts yeah it's just um, a weird city well no then you know you have a so you've had a lot of guys out here who have who have, who have trained you know you had uh, the lions den you had team shamrock 2000 you had caesar gracie's team out here that later on uh, evolved into nick diaz uh, academy phil torres yeah torres Eric Shingu, they, they Steve some of the some guys that started some of the original americans <laughs> It, yeah, no, picky, dude. You know, outside of Half, outside of a, a in the people. Bay Area, in fucking Horian in L.A. Yeah, you know, like some, I guess some of the original guys out in out here. Yeah, there were some, you know, there's, so there's it a lot was, of those guys around. That there's a lot of people. It was very interesting to me when we lived together and you were training at the Lions Den, and and even though I was like, I'm not doing that. I was intrigued by the fact that you were training at this place where these other guys were training and then that these were dudes that we watched in the On UFC. TV, like, I yeah, know. it was intriguing, man. It tripped me out a little bit. Like when we went to Ron Reed's house and Vernon White was there, it fucking kind of fucked with my head a little bit. <laughs> what? That was weird. I think the thing that tripped me out the most is the, is the Maury Smith, Mark Coleman fight. Yeah. He was training at the Lions Den and, you know, so I'm seeing his training camp. And yeah. 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 Rolling with him and training with him. And it's, and then, so back then it was all about grappling. Yeah. You know, like we, we thought that stand up didn't matter. Yeah. That kickboxers were dumb, that you could just take them all down. You're and, right. And there was a time frame. When the general consensus, why train that? You could just take the guy down. Was that kickboxing was bullshit? Because they all got beat in the beginning. Yeah. Like they were all taken down. You're right, they were, man. So, you, so it was just like yeah. kickboxing don't work. You just have to do jujitsu. Just get him to the ground. And so I was kind of under that mindset for a while. Yeah. And then so we're training with Maurice, who had been a kickboxer, and we're grappling with him, and, and he was an okay grappler. Yeah. But he wasn't astonishing. Right. Like, he wasn't, like, submitting guys left and right, and we were grappling with him, and guys are taking him. Every, you know, we would have these drills where we would try to take him down. Yeah. And every single one of us took him down in the class. The class, the students. The students were taking Maurice down yeah. when he was training for the Coleman fight. And so, so you guys I, In my head, I didn't tell anybody else this, because you got to be, like, pro Maurice when you're for, in the class. For sure. But in my head, I'm thinking... Mark Holman's gonna kill him. Yeah, like because Jerry was a Jerry Bolander was a pretty big Mark Holman fan and knew about his career. He knew how good of a grappler wrestler. Was. Yeah, Mark Holman, Division was. One, like you know, high Joe Rogan style champion, high level wrestler, super decorated. And, and everyone else, I don't think quite understood the like. Everyone else is almost like takedowns a takedown. And, and how like, old was Coleman in those days? He wasn't that old. Exactly, he, he was, was pretty prime. fucking fresh. So I didn't expect. Maurice, to, even though I trained, he, and, and I wanted him to win. I knew he was good. You know, obviously, he was a good fighter. I just thought Coleman was going to be able to take him down yeah. and, and win. But um, he did in the beginning, and I, Coleman's drilling him, and then, like, you know, then he survives the he survived the onslaught, and then yeah. Coleman starts getting Fade. tired. Once he gets tired, he can't take Maurice down anymore, and then, you know, Maurice wins the fight. Mark Coleman, epic epic gas outs when he does gas out i mean he wears it like you could really see when coleman would gas out you know what i'm saying yeah but when coleman gassed out you knew that whoever he was going up against went through a fucking hurricane 
Yeah, he you know really what I mean. Like in the beginning, and he was, he landing was... headbutts and shit, and I thought he was going to win. I just didn't think Maurice could beat him. Then when I seen him turn the tide, I was like, "Holy what? shit, he's turning the tide!" Like a kickboxer's Coleman kind of seemed untouchable for a little At that while, moment. Though. He did. He yeah. took everybody down. He beat everybody. You're right, dude. It seemed like it didn't seem like anybody was going to be able to beat him. You, know, you would see much less a kickboxer. Right. Yeah. I didn't think a kickboxer was going to beat him. I remember or that. Maybe somebody yeah. would be able to submit him or something. I feel like. For some reason, Coleman doesn't get enough credit for how good he was for that time uh, Just slide. timing, you know, yeah. timing that you come in. It wasn't as nearly as big of a sport, but, you know, you start talking about... If Coleman was a baseball player, who would he have been? I don't know, man. He would, have been know. A, he would have been a really good fucking baseball player, though. He was really good. He was great. He's got to be, He's gotta be in one the, of the best. He, you know, they say, you know, he clear out a division, cleared everybody out. He beat everybody that was around to, to be beaten, and he did it all... And then he came back. Then yeah. after they said he was done, he came back. He came back and he went to Japan and he became Pride Champion. Fuck yeah, he did. After they said yeah. he, and then after that, he came back to the UFC when they said now he's really done. Yeah, and he won. He's a really, game. really done now. We thought he was done before. Yeah, yeah. now he's really for done. sure. We know he's finished. And now. he comes back to the UFC in his forties and he beats and, and they and they give him Bonner and they were actually from what a lot of people say were trying to give Bonner an easy fight. Yeah. Some people say this. They make right. the argument that they were trying to give Bonner an easy fight. Do a favor for Put him Coleman, over. But give him, let him fight Coleman. Coleman's old. He'll and beat now Coleman, he has a name. Coleman, I beat Mark And then Coleman, Coleman you know, yeah. ends up beating Bonner. Almost beats Shogun. Yeah. And, and, and really, I mean, it was almost a tactical error on his part in a, in a sense that his, um, his balls, he, and there was not a lot of time left to go, and he started throwing down yeah. instead of going back to his wrestling, which had been very, his wrestling was very successful in that yeah. fight. And yeah. he went for the he went for the fucking let's just throw down like motherfuckers right now and Shogun ended up getting yeah. him. Yeah. But he almost beat Shogun. He came close. He came legitimately legitimately very close. He took Shogun into deep waters, was maybe winning the fight if he could have secured a takedown. People just don't give him it's just a lot of fans weren't watching back then and they kinda Well there was context. more then, but they didn't see the whole history of him being former UFC champion, yeah. prime champion, making the comeback. Almost beating Shogun, who becomes world champion. And then he fights Randy, and, and he just wasn't there for the Randy fight. That was his last. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Coleman was, was one of the greats, though. I still I need to figure out who he would have been if he was a baseball player. I don't know. Man, that's a tough one, huh? Would he be, like, uh, greater than Andre Dawson? Would he be the Hawk? Or would he be, like, a bigger name? Is he, like, Mark McGuire? Yeah, yeah, maybe McGuire. He's, like, a yeah. McGuire-esque yeah. name, huh? He <laughs> is, dude. Yeah, and something like that. Something like that, right? That's what I think, yeah. not, not I'm not insinuating, like, um, performance enhancement usage. I don't mean... <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying he was a big name like that. He was a real deal. Dude, um, I was talking to someone about Frank Shamrock yesterday, and they asked me... Uh, what kind of match do I think it would have been if you could take a prime Frank Shamrock, maybe with a little more knowledge of how things are today, and put him up against George St. Pierre? In a fight? Yeah, MMA fight. George. You think George would beat him? Yeah. Yeah. How do you I think, think so. George would beat him? On the he feet? Did, yeah, take down? I think like he did everybody else. Yeah. I think he would take him down. Yeah. And or, the Superman punches, knees, punches. It, am, am, take, I just, am, I, am I a miss here? Because sometimes I develop strange opinions about things that I don't know. I I get weird ideas or I get something wrong, but I feel like Frank Shamrock was a lot better than people are acting like. Or He was like, really good at his time, but I mean, I, I, think, I think GSP is just 
one of the best that ever. Oh yeah, no, I I did get it. you, but I I feel like Frank was elite level, dude. Like Frank was, I think he was really smart, you know, um, and he had a really great run. Probably, his but, Hall but of Fame. I don't think I don't think nobody was elite yet. His Hall of Fame though, right? Hall of Fame for sure. Who is he if he was a baseball player? I feel I like know. he's Paul he's Molitor. Sure he's a, no, he's he's like a guy but, that could steal bases, he could hit home be, runs. Better than Molitor? Better than that? Because he, he could he'd be like a guy that could hit home runs too. So then he would be he'd a triple threat. Oh, he's a triple threat. Yeah, he so would, he's an all. He could do it all. He could yeah. grapple. He could take guys down. He could, well, you know, he could strike, uh, box. You know, he could do all that shit. He's, he's something like that. He's he, like a Ken Griffey. Ken Griffey. There you go. Well, that's pretty fucking good. Yeah, in the day he was the best. You know, yeah. he, he beat everybody in the UFC. Um, I, I would smarted outsmarted Tito Ortiz. Yeah. Um. You know, reshaped Tito Ortiz's career because of the way he outsmarted him. The, is Tito tarnishing his legacy at all by continuing no. to fight? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. And I think he might even beat Chuck. Supposedly he's training like a maniac, but sometimes I feel like I want to believe Tito. He always says that. But it's like, did, he, did Tito ever had a have a fight where he said before the fight he wasn't training? He's that always much? up. He's always big training, bear, big bear, training, as training hard like as he a can. maniac, yeah, yeah. training harder than the guy. He's every fight, and until he loses, then he's like. My neck was broken for the whole training camp. I couldn't even wrestle. It's like so, you never know. Like I, I, I put money on Tito more a couple of times. When, he, he, when I listened to what he was saying, he sold me. Like he's a good salesman because he would yeah. sell me on yeah. some of these fights that you know he was training the way he used to. I put money on Tito. He loses the fight, and he's like, "My L seven fuse was blown from my neck." I'm like, "Fuck, man! I watched Countdown, and you talked about how you had the toughest fucking you training." Watch I watched Countdown, and it was like the most grueling, intense training you've ever done. You punished yourself to fucking failure, and I'm like, "Fuck, Tito's back!" And I put money on Tito. Then boom, he fucking loses, and he's like, "Oh, my neck was broken for this training camp, and I had a broken right ankle. I couldn't do oh any kickboxing." Or, I'm like, "Fuck, man! If I'd have known that shit, I wouldn't have." Bet on you. That's great. Well, I, dude. I have only, and I'm still a Tito fan because I just like the way he, he came in and shook things up. You know, yeah, he came in and, and and made the sport a little bit bigger. But um, but I used to be, I, I carried for the longest time. I had some anger, yeah, resentment because I was putting money. I was I was getting caught up into the what he was saying for a lot of his fights, and and so many times he got me to bet on him, and I would lose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I never bet on Tito. But I I I didn't like Tito, and then I liked Tito. Like at first, I didn't like Tito. I don't know why. I was just the mark of a good bad guy, though. But like, then I started to like Tito. I was like, damn, Tito's got a good work ethic, well, dude. He's a hustler. He's dude. a hard worker, and his one thing that improved a lot in his game that you saw in the Bonner fight was his boxing. Yeah, and we seen Chuck get knocked out. Yeah, I don't know what happens in a long layoff if your chin gets better. Like I don't know. I don't know. But Tito notoriously has had a good chin. He's never been knocked out. He's been TKO. I don't think he's ever been knocked out. So does so you're Chuck. You're Chuck, right? And I think you you could make an argument to say that Chuck is not the newer generation of fighter. Like he had different training methodologies. He came up in a day that he came up in like yesterday, not today. You know, like the generation yeah, that's sure. kind of okay, yeah, 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 yeah. passed a yeah. little bit, right? So when you do that, does Chuck come back and basically use the same methods and training camps and styles that he used to use, or does he try to integrate like new shit people are doing now? I don't know. I have no fucking. I, I, what do you I don't do? Know. I mean, I because I feel like if Chuck kind of you know tightened up what he used to do, do and look, then incorporate some new shit, I don't he might be able to. Has, do, I don't even know if he has to 
I don't even know if he has to incorporate new shit. Go look, watch his Rich Franklin fight, his, yeah. which was his last fight until he ran into a right hand. What he was doing was almost was, was flawless. Yeah, he was whipping Rich Franklin's ass. Yeah, um, takedowns he threw it, takedowns, kicks, punches, everything broke, kicked Rich Franklin's arm so hard that Rich Franklin blocked his kick but got his arm broke from it. Yeah, was winning the fight and then he just got ran into a right hand, got knocked out. Maybe defense. The only thing I can say different is maybe better head movement. Not get hit as much because he he wouldn't get hit, you know. Yeah. But everything else, I think, I think was was on point. That would he was, you know, kicks, knees, elbows, takedowns. He was doing it all. He was mixing it up really well. Yeah, yeah, he was, man. I Chuck was one of those guys when he fell off. I I was pretty bummed out. I think it was I think you know he partied he partied his career short. Really, probably did yeah. a lot of fights he came into. He, he looked heavier. You know, you could just yeah. see it. You would see yeah. his body changed from. Yeah. His last fight, he looked really good. Yeah, actually, Physique, but there were everything. some fights you saw. You're like, damn. Chuck. Yeah, he, yeah. You know, I think he, he that he had that interview where he wasn't making any sense. You know, I think he partied a lot, and um, he had a I lot mean, of I guess power. that's what it's all about, though. I mean, when you you know you want to be the champion, you want to you know I think you envision going around the world. You know, going to great big parties. You know, with all these girls. I think and, I think it's easy to look back and go, oh, he could have stretched out and did better, made whatever, more money. Though. But here's the thing: back then. Chuck was basically making as much as you could make. He was yeah. the number one guy. He was the face. So that lifestyle he was living, that was the peak of that. You know what I mean? Like, that was it, man. So that's Conor McGregor today. And somebody might look at Conor and go, yeah, he should cut his career short. He was dumb. He should have done this, should have done that. But when you're at the top, you're at the top. Yeah, and he had a good you know? time. But, you know, this is a good good fight. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I'm still going to watch it. I, I'm going to watch the motherfucking fight, too. I, Dude. You know, Rich Frank- Franklin's another guy. Like, where does he place? Pretty high. He places pretty high, pretty but high. he's kind of in that weird overlap time frame, yeah. you know? Pretty high. For a middleweight champion, He's, I mean, he got dethroned by Anderson. Um, it's just how he got dethroned, and it happened twice. Yeah, look how many guys he beat. But it makes him look, but it makes him look like, oh, yeah, he got exposed. He beat Chuck Liddell. Yeah, yeah, a lot of other guys. I know. I'm I mean, just saying. Like, I, I'm not saying that I believe that. I'm just telling you that's how people fights think. in a row. Tough, you know, he went on. He he beat a lot of dudes, you know, before yeah. before he got destroyed by Anderson. He went on to, you know, how many fights did he have after Anderson? Do you remember? Um, he had some big fights. They were mostly just big fights. I don't. They were just like he had a lot of big fights after that. Like these, I think like Kong Lee's. Um, you know, he 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 went for these uh bigger name. I don't think he ever went back into seeking the the world title mode. I'm gonna, yeah, well, I think you get to a certain point in your career where you realize you can't. Well, Anderson beat him twice, and I just think that, you know, fighting fighting Anderson again, just, you know, and he just took these big fights. So he lost to, uh, yeah, he lost. So, dude, this is the run he went on. Listen to the run he went on for a minute here, though. He beats um, fucking, he beats, uh, well, he bought some dude, Dennis Reed. I don't know who that was. Eastman, Jan Pellerin, don't know him. Anthony Rea, he beats Evan Tanner. Edwin Deweese, he loses to Lyoto, right? And that's when everyone's like, who the fuck is this Lyoto guy? Then uh, he beats Leo Sylvester, Ralph Dillon, I don't know that. Jorge Rivera, Stout, Ken Shamrock, Evan Tanner, Nate Query, David Luazo. Luazo, remember him? Yeah. And Crow. Anderson fucks him up. Then he beats Jason McDonald, Yushin Okami. That was a big one. Yep, Anderson beats him again. Then Franklin beats Travis Luter, Matt Hamill. He loses to Henderson. He beats Silva. Yeah. But look, he, he beat Silva twice. Yeah, I'm just telling you, he's a bad motherfucker. He lost he to Chuck Liddell. Yeah. 
You gotta be ha- high on that fucking um, high on that list. What about Kung Lee, dude? Kung Lee tripped me out because he was like an, a martial artist from another kind of yeah, kind of world. Yeah, and in the beginning of this shit, he was a guy you heard of but never really saw. But you heard about Kung Lee, like it, it wasn't you know you knew this guy was tough, and you seen a few clips, and once in a while you were watching ESPN kickboxing late at night, and you seen him on there. But like he was a little bit mysterious when he first got into strike force in the UFC. Yeah, I mean he's he he wasn't bad. He had a lot of fights, dude. Really good, man. Really. What was his player. overall record? I wonder here. The UFC doesn't actually show you the record when. Of course not. They show you the UFC record, right? Yeah, he um he fucking beat Frank Shamrock. Shit. Yeah, that's when he that. broke Frank Shamrock's arm in that fight. Yeah, that was his first um probably big MMA. So he he had done MMA fights, but I don't think he had done any real big ones. He had been a you know a kickboxer. Yeah. I'm surprised they have uh, Frank Shamrock. They don't, have they don't even have Frank Shamrock's picture. Like, it's so stupid. It's dumb. That's what's so dumb about the UFC. Like, they can't, like, you know, put Frank Shamrock where he belongs in, in, in the history of the sport because they don't like him. They can't even give him a picture. Yeah. That might, that might be a legality, though. I think they had some legal issues with Shamrock about using his image. You probably sued him. Something. Probably. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Even, I don't know. I don't want you to sue me, Frank. I'm, just I'm not even sure. Yeah, a couple of guys. If there's some certain things Frank didn't um cooperate on. Yeah, they wanted him yeah. to. That's where I think the whole problem is. Yeah, yeah. I see what Frank you're was like, he really thought ahead of his time in a lot of ways. I think, like you know how McGregor's doing McGregor vision and shit like that. Yeah, Frank wanted and McGregor's not even quite there yet. Like the yeah. UFC don't want you know uh, Golden Boy like uh, McGregor like being like De La Hoya. Yeah, but he's 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 like he's leaning that he's way. He's leaning that way. He's pushing for that shit. And Frank was trying to do that shit way before the fight wasn't the sport wasn't big enough yet. Yeah, for what for a guy to be able to muscle his way up there like that. I guess the UFC's a little upset with McGregor because he's not promoting. Yeah, but at this point, I think he. I think at this point that in the, in his contract for this fight, I guess uh, he he has total say so over the promotional. I'm, yeah, tour. I'm sure of it. Yeah, and some people he doesn't are, really need. Does he really need to do that much of that anymore? Like, does the fight really get? I think the UFC would like it because yeah. it just gets their name out there, and it's a. How big, much do they want him to do? I don't know. He's not doing anything though. Yeah, maybe it, like. Yeah. Well, the word on the street is is he's taking Khabib really seriously. I'm sure he, and he is. doesn't want to be out fucking on the road instead of home training. I'm sure he's taking so. this very seriously. I, I, you get asked that. People ask me that question a lot, who I think is going to um, win win this fight. We got to wrap this up real quick, though, because I got to produce the show before, before High Rollers. Oh, well, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We did one of those Joe Rogan deals today where we just, like, talked. We just we didn't even do anything right. We didn't even introduce our names. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, catch Matt at Big MF two oh nine. Uh you got any wrestling coming up? Um there's a show. Uh, uh I don't know. He got just 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 follow Big MF two oh nine, he'll keep you posted. Yeah. <laughs> Inside BJJ, all that other cool stuff. Other than that, we'll see you guys um next time. Thank you.